When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello there. We would be honored if you would join us. What's going on, guys? I hope you're all having an awesome day today. Today, we have something really interesting. And while it's a long video, it is something that is very, very important. And I want you to try to pay attention as best as you can while you're watching as it will connect so many different things in the next four or five videos to come, which I'm going to have to make since this whole chapter about Obi-Wan transitioning into the Force goes into so many different avenues of his life that are just far too long for one video. So this video is a part two, if you will, from the Yoda's connection with Vader video that I made a few days ago. And where that one covered Yoda feeling Obi-Wan dying and trying to find Anakin with Invader, this one covers exactly what Obi-Wan saw when he got cut in half by Vader as he transitioned into becoming a Force ghost. Now, this is obviously something that I hope we'll see in the movies, or at least in Episode 9 with Luke. And now as we go into that realm, which we have access to, hopefully... Now, once again, disclaimer, I'm going to do my best to do an English accent. And while it's kind of laughable, just maybe, you know, save the laughing for the end. <laughs> so, as Obi-Wan explains, he is standing in the heart of the Empire's new battle station, facing the man who, for good or ill, has defined the last 30 years of his life. He closes his eyes, hearing the slashing of Vader's red lightsaber. He questions if he even meant what he said about being more powerful than Vader could possibly imagine if he were struck down. When he feels the searing pain in his side, and boom, wakes up in his hut on Tatooine. Everyone gone. Vader, the troopers, the noise, all gone. As he glances about his home, he notices his mattress and chair are missing. Above my bed to mark the passage of time, I run my hand across the pitted surface. Three years scored into the stone. I swing my legs onto the rough stone floor. That's when I realize I don't ache. For the first time in years, my body doesn't complain. When I push myself from the bed, I look down at my hands. They're the hands of a much younger man. They don't shake. They don't tremble. The skin is supple, tanned, but not yet discolored by the twin sun's constant glare. I flex my fingers, expecting to hear the creak of rheumatic joints. The fingers are strong. One might even suggest dexterous. I run them through my beard, a thought occurring to me. I rush through to the back of my modest dwelling, past the stove and pantry, to the tarnished mirror hanging on the far wall. The face in the glass is largely free of lines, the skin smooth. The tuzzled shock of hair is thick, only the beard betraying a smattering of grey. The world lurches. I throw a hand against the wall to steady myself. This is the past. The mattress, the chair, the bowls, and the humidifier. They're not missing, they just haven't arrived yet. I pitch forward, falling into the swirling cycle of my death. But this time, there's more. So much more. A newborn baby cradled in my arms, a wailing as his mother breathes her last. 
Qui-Gon sinking to his knees, smoke rising from the jagged hole in his gut. Eyes that once looked on me as a brother, corrupted by the dark side, burning yellow with hate. As Obi-Wan is taken back to his duel with Vader on the Death Star, which covers a good three or four pages of about everything he sees and feels as he tries to find Anakin within Vader as they duel, he then hears Vader's line, When I left you, I was but the loner. And at that very instant, he's taken back to where it all began. His image flickers. One second, he is the armored giant I see before me. The next, a charred husk reaching out on a carbonized shore. One face impassive and angular, the other blackened and screaming in agony. Then there are more, joining the fluctuating cycle. A fresh-faced teen, eager to take up the mantle of a Jedi. A spirited slave boy, pulling grime-ridden goggles over innocent eyes. A limbless wreck hanging in a bacta tank, necrotic skin, pallid and scared. I see them all at once, everything he was and everything he has become. Only a master of evil, Darth. I cannot use his real name. It would undo me, even after all this time, catching in my throat. The time for talk is at an end. This must be decided once and for all. I strike first, our lightsabers flaring as they clash. The sudden illumination draws another shadow of Coruscant. Anakin, railing against the wooden sticks I force him to use rather than energy weapons. I'm not a child anymore, Obi-Wan. Why must we use these toys? You must be patient, my young Padawan. This is but the first step. We have time. As they continue to duel on the Death Star, Obi-Wan notices how Vader's blocks are like hitting unmoving metal. Where the story begins to really pick up pace and fast, as Obi-Wan is thrown between the Death Star and his trusty steed on Tatooine. As they gallop quickly towards Luke's home, where gangs and bandits begin to swarm Luke. Run, Luke, run! As Obi-Wan ignites his lightsaber, he and Uncle Owen fight off dozens of alien bandits of all different species. Now this part would make for a long video that I'd like to make into its own as well. It's a crazy fight scene, so rest assured that I will bring it to life as best as I can in another episode. So as Obi-Wan keeps looking at his feet, seeing it change from Tatooine Sands during that fight, to the metal of the Death Star as he clashes against Vader's saber. Understanding he is not the same young man that he used to be, he sees Luke from the corner of his eye as he fights Vader, knowing he will step in and ultimately die from the blaster fire. As Obi-Wan begins to panic, knowing that he's not as strong as he used to be, the voice of someone inside of his head speaks up, louder than it's ever been before. Go to him. The voice in my head is louder than it has been for years. Yes, master. I straighten my back, closing my eyes as I raise my saber in front of me. I don't see the blade sweeping through the air, barely even hear its whine. I imagine Luke, cross-legged in the sand, playing with a wooden corvette. Eyes scream, saber, pain. Ben, no! As Luke cries out, I see everything happen at once. If Luke stays, he will die. If he fights, he will die. I whisper the words I spoke when he was a child, words I know that only he will hear. Run, Luke, run! And he does. Luke Skywalker runs and doesn't stop, and I am at his side. From this moment, he will never be alone. He will learn, and he will grow. And I will guide him every step of the way. We have all the time we need. And so that concludes this episode of just about everything Obi-Wan saw as he transitioned into a Force Ghost. While there are some key important scenes that I left out to keep with the flow of the story here, I will make those videos all on their own, which answers so many questions that I know will be very fun to learn about. That said, 
what did you guys think about the transition of becoming a Force ghost? Is it what you expected? Going back and forth in the Force itself? The Force of time, if you will? Undulating between events, fights, memories. Something I noticed, and it seems to be a trend, was that the ghosts always seem to go back to their prime form, when they were somewhat younger. Now, I believe this sets precedent for when we get Obi-Wan as a Force ghost, perhaps later on, coming back younger as Ewan McGregor, or Anakin returning, coming back like he looked in Revenge of the Sith, so that it won't confuse the audience as much, seeing as how this is now canon. So let me know what you guys thought about it all. What did Luke see when he became a Force ghost? What did Yoda see? Qui-Gon. It raises so many new questions and so many more doors that we could open. All of these hopefully won't just be answered in more books, but rather revealed and filmed in the upcoming movies and spin-off films. I'm sure it will be promising if they make this happen. Anyways, guys, thank you for watching, everyone. I will see you all in the next episode of Star Wars Theory. Have an awesome day, guys. Until then, my fellow Jedi and Sith friends, remember, the Force will be with you always.